Mike Gennaro coming to you from High Street in Zachary, Louisiana for the second time this week with a special edition to commemorate our 10th episode. Today, we're working overtime because you have questions and you want timely answers. The Fed is hiking interest rates for the first time since 2018. Russia's stock market remains closed for the third week, and the pundits are all squawking about what it means for America. But what does it mean for us in Zachary, Louisiana? Today, we're welcoming Thomas Scott, financial advisor, back on the podcast. And this time, you can hear every word he's saying. (laughs) It's all free to you, thanks to the generosity of our community partners. Full disclosure, Thomas Scott is a supporter of Porch and Parish. One last reminder, head over to Zachary City Hall this Friday from 11 to 1 for the Zachary PD's Fish Fry Fundraiser. The grease will be popping and it's slap your mama good. Details on all of these events and stories are available at porchandparish.com. Without further ado, this is Porch and Parish, the podcast. The team at Cypress Title has a great reputation for providing professional and efficient real estate closing services. They are cherished community partners with us here at Porch and Parish. Thanks to their support, we're able to facilitate today's candid conversation with local financial advisor, Thomas Scott. Thomas, welcome. Our most dedicated listeners tuned into the very first episode of this podcast, but maybe they didn't hear it the first time. So (laughs) you're a financial advisor. You're also a trusted local leader. So we're coming to you today to get some answers. Today is one of those kind of dark days (laughs) there in the news cycle. Russia, Ukraine, inflation, pandemic. Oh, wow. Uh, It's a cruel world. There's a financial accounting term for it. What's going on in the financial world? world, what do we need to be paying attention to, and what can we ignore as we doom scroll? Oh, I like your word, doom scroll. So I'll say this. A year ago this time, we had a focus of reduced amount of cases of COVID. We had another focus of inflation, controlling inflation, and then we had another focus of low unemployment. All right. Those were the, the number one, two, and three things that had to happen for our economy to recover. Okay. Mm-hmm. So w- when we look at where we are today, unemployment is at 3.8%. Anything below 4%, it's good. Mm-hmm. That's where we want to stay. So unemployment is where we need it to be. You know, we would love lower, but it's, it's where we need it to be. And then we go and we look at the COVID cases. Those numbers have declined drastically. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's the second part of this three-legged stool that we needed to take care of. Okay. Here's the third part. We need to take inflation and we need to control it. So how do we do that? And one of the tools that the federal government has in its quiver is hiking interest rates. Mm-hmm. All right? and, and you mentioned that interest rates hadn't been hiked since 2018. And it's a mechanism, you know, some people say, well, what do you mean when you say interest rates? And it's it's a term that we always throw around. We loosely throw that term around. There is an amount that each bank charges us as consumers, okay? Mm -hmm. But the federal government charges those banks as well. And so once they increase the rate that they charge banks, commercial banks, then that rate in turn, goes down to the consumer. Mm -hmm. All right. So if I could tell you right now, you know, people were refinancing houses because the rates were low, right? They were buying cars because they can afford to know the rates are low. You know, credit cards, interest rates, they're low. People are spending money buying things that bodes well for our great economy. But what happens when we raise those interest rates? Now, man, that house note is higher. 
because I don't have a 2% interest rate on my house note. Yeah, it's 5%. Right. I don't know if I can afford that house. I'm not going to buy it. All right. Oh, man, that card, the bank's going to give me the card loan, but it's going to be a 5% interest rate instead of a, a 3% interest rate. I can't afford it. I don't want the car. So it deters you know, individuals from spending as mm-hmm. much money. And so let's put our business cap on. If I spend a lot of money and I'm a business owner and I am in an area where people are spending a lot of money and they're buying products, I'm probably going to raise my prices, right? Right. Supply and demand. Building costs, for instance. Yes. Yeah. But guess what? If people are not buying and nothing's moving off my shelf, then I'm going to drop my prices. But we've been saying it's supply chain issues. Are they... Are we being kind of lied to here? Is that is it supply chain issues or is it inflation? So they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So think about it. that same scenario I just gave you. If I lower my prices because of the demand, the demand is not there. Mm-hmm. All right. That means I'm lowering my prices because people are not buying these things. Guess what? Now I can I can my supply is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I have time for my supply to stock up. Right. So if those interest rates rise. And then now when you go to refinance your house, the mortgage rate is higher. You're probably not going to be in an ant's nest to buy that house. Right. Correct? Right. All right. So if you're not in an ant's nest to buy the house and you say, wait a minute, I'll wait till next year. We'll just buy next year. Now you've just given the housing market a year to have more supply. Right. You've given them a year to stock up and have more selection for you when you come back to buy next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of goes hand in hand. It's it's you know the federal government. People don't like to talk about control, but it's the federal government's way to try to say, listen, let me help this economy out. I drop the rates so now people can freely spend money and get money and borrow money. But then I'm going to raise the weights to tighten that monetary policy so we don't have money freely going. And that's going to help drive inflation down. Got it. And we got to be careful because if we raise those interest rates too high and gas is too high, people say, I'm not driving. I'm not going. I'm not spending. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Oh, things are too high. I got to live. And we live in an economy that we have to spend money. Guess what happens? We're in a recession. That's when the recession happens. We double down. Yeah, when we stop spending money because it's just so, it costs us so much to live. So you got to be careful not to raise the interest rates too, too high, Mm -hmm. but raise them just enough to bring that inflation down. So it's a balancing act. The Moscow Stock Exchange, currently closed at the time of this recording. What does that mean for Russian residents? What does it mean for us in America? Is it un-American to go out and buy rubles? Well, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, 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 currency is something that, you know, I, I tell investors all the time. It, it's sexy yeah. because, you know, it, it's something that you kind of beat your chest on. Yeah, You know, mm-hmm. I, I've got I own so many yen. I own so many rubies. I, you know, I, one later, I got so many dinars. I'm like, man, I don't know what you're going to do with those Iraqi dinars. You yeah. know? <laughs> the same thing that you'll do with those Shibinos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it's detrimental to Russia. But it, Russia is, you know, I, I want to use this term, and I don't want to use it, you know, too heavy. I want to just lightly touch it. Russia's a big gas station. You know, that's how they make their money. Mm. So when you're threatening them with fuel and, and this issue with Ukraine over this pipeline, when you threaten Russia with this, like this is their bread and butter. Yeah. So you're threatening their economy. Flip it over to the U.S. Our bread and butter is the consumers. 
like when you mess with small businesses in the yeah. United States, now you're, you're getting ready for a fight. All right? Sometimes it, it feels like we are a gas station in Louisiana, though. Yeah, you got a lot of plants down here. Just uh, we're isolated, you know. We are isolated, but people talk about the the Keystone pipeline, and the, you know, and oh, we should have had our own pipeline, and we don't need this from. It's on Facebook. This person, that person, the media constantly. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. talk. But is just, you got to think about this. Think about it. The number one country in the world that has the most pipelines is the United States. Mm-hmm. We have over 134 pipelines. It's like an interstate. Yeah. So just think, we drive along these roads all day long. We've had 134 pipelines up under us. You know who's next in line? Russia. And they they have like about 50 or 60 pipelines. Mm-hmm. There's a big gap between 130 and 60-something pipelines. Yeah. All right? And here's another stat. that The United States, we've got about 30 pipelines that are under construction. Mm-hmm. They're under construction. So we're going to be at 160-something pipelines. We are driving and living on oil <laughs> in the United States. So when we start making comments to say, well, oh, we should have had this pipeline. Like we, have most, we have the most pipelines in the world. Yeah. All right? And then that some people like to flip this and say, well, why are we still getting off from this person? Why are we still going from this person? Why are we still getting on this person? And we get off from Mexico. And Canada and Saudi Arabia. Those are top three. Mm-hmm. Mexico, Saudi Arabia, and Canada. Russia is 8% now, but typically they were not. Typically, Russia is probably a 1% for U.S. And over the past six years, they have creeped up to 8% imports into the United States. So it's not a major issue for the United States with Russia's oil. Is it a good time to invest in oil? Oil is a commodity that this world will always have. So when I'm talking to the long-term investor, is it a good time to invest in oil? Yes. Yes. The price of oil, the barrel of oil, it fluctuates. It does. But any oil company that you invest in, they pay dividends. So those dividends keep you moving through mm-hmm. the years. So it depends on the investor and it depends on the goal. It depends yeah. on if they're a dividend investor or if they're a growth investor. Mm-hmm. There may be options. But is it a good time for to invest in oil? Absolutely. We know you won't, but don't you dare lose interest. Get it? We're coming right back with the lightning round after a quick word about today's episode sponsor. Cypress Title is where service defines culture and an attorney always closes your loan. For all of your closing needs, choose the team at Cypress Title. Email closings at cypresstitle.com to learn how their team of experienced title attorneys can help you. Welcome back to the lightning round. We're going to try to catch some financial lightning in a bottle with Thomas Scott, financial advisor. (laughs) First things first, Thomas Stocks or bonds right now? Stocks. Keep listening. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. 
Hands down. Bond market is going to fluctuate with the interest rate rise. Mm -hmm. And so right now, during this period, stocks, stocks are your best friend. When the interest rates go up, do bonds typically do better or worse? And so tell the, me how that's related. So the interest rates now, you're talking about long-term interest rates. Yeah. So when interest rates rise, the bonds that you currently have are unattractive. All right. They're unattractive because people now are buying the new bonds with the higher rates. Okay. Okay. Yep. And so then people want to get out of those bonds and get into the new bonds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does that do to the current bonds that you own when in in a higher inflation or higher interest rate? Yeah. Uh, Tearing the bonds tend to go. You're owning debt in a bond. It's like the yes. reverse of the reason that someone would refinance a car or a house. Correct. Because you're getting a more expensive interest rate. There you go. Beautiful. Moving on. <laughs> Meta. Like or dislike as a long-term pick? I love. Forget like. I love. Meta's going to be here. It's something that is, is here to stay and it's going to continue to grow. So long-term, yes. Love it. Favorite dividend pick? Oh, dividend right now where we live in, in Zachary, Louisiana, it's got to be oil. Those are going to be your best dividend paying stocks, no matter which one you pick. It's Those oil companies pay good dividends. All right. Are we ever going to see those low prices at oil companies again like we did during COVID? It's cyclical. So to say we're never going to see it again would be a misstatement. Those things come and go. All right. It's long term. If we're talking long term, then you probably will see those low prices again. However, if you're talking short term, no, not short term. Good. How many months of expenses should we be tucking away in savings right now? That depends on your job. That depends on a state or government worker, probably about two to three months, because it's it's hard to, to lose a state or government job. You mm-hmm. know, even if something happens with those jobs, you, you got appeals yeah. and there's so much to go through. Now, if it's a construction worker job where you're not working, if it, if it rains yeah. or if it snows, you're looking at about six months. Now, be careful. It's of expenses. It's your expenses. How much do you spend per month? And a lot of people, they sit and say, well, my house notice this. Oh, my car notice this. Stop. Get your bank statement. Pull it out and mm-hmm. see how much you spent that month. And go back to the next month. How yeah. much did you spend that month? Go back to the third month. Get an average of how much you okay. spend per month. And your expenses, that's how much you should save. Perfect. So if I get a new roof on my house, uh, do I average that out? Over if you get a, a new years? roof on your house. So, no, you don't put that in as a savings because that should be in your emergency Right. Your emergency is different than your expenses that you're saving up for. So you lose your job. Gotcha. What's your number one financial tip for the youngins out there? We're talking Gen Zers like (laughs) Brianna here, our producer. Dollar cost averaging is my number one thing for uh, young investors. Um, I don't care where you work. You can work at, at the donut shop. You can work at Smoothie King. Take some money and put it away. Average it over time. That's when you make your money. It's time in the market and not timing the market. It's not about when do I put it in. It's, oh, should I put it in now? Is a great time? That's incorrect thinking. We want them to think, say, as the longer you're here, then that's when you're successful. Uh, a Gen Xer that puts away $500, $200, $100 a month will outgain someone that's 50 or 40 years old that's coming away and put away $1,000 a month. They will never catch them. Because of time in the market. Yeah. 
Oh, the older I get, the more living proof I am that I've, I feel like I've pulled money, I've made hasty decisions with the market, and it's a love hate. I've expressed this to you. Some days I just I don't even want to be in it. But yeah, yeah, God, yeah. it's just you got to think it's earnings. It's all about earnings. Companies don't make the same amount of money every yeah. month. You know, it's a, it's a prediction. Yeah. It's a projection of how much I'm going to make over this year. Yeah, and it's hard. It just is hard. be bored. And consistent. That's all yeah. I can say. Here, think of this. Think of it this way. Yeah. It is hard for Home Depot to, to say how much money they're going to make. Yeah. Because they can't convince us to come in that door and spend money mm-hmm. unless they have a sale. Okay. They can predict and say, well, listen, we're going to sell this this year. We're yeah. going to sell this this year. And we predict we're going to have X amount of dollars in profits. Mm-hmm. All right. What happens in Louisiana and the South where you have the majority of your Home Depots? What happens if the hurricane season is not as plentiful? As it been, as it has been over the past couple of years, yeah. Home Depot doesn't make as much money mm-hmm. as they thought. All right, then that means the value of Home Depot it corrects itself in the market because a correction is a downturn of ten percent or more. All okay, right? so it corrects itself to where Home Depot is accurately valued. Yeah. All right. Does that mean that, oh, my gosh, the sky's falling? Let's get out of the market. No, no. It's yeah. just it's correcting where the value is. Yeah. For years, just being in real estate. Out of ignorance, I, I would, uh, I would just say, look, real estate beats the stock market every time. Look at the the numbers, but you know, you get into flipping or in just general investing for the long haul. Yeah. You're gonna have those good years and bad years, oh, just right. like the stock market. And when you're the only driver of that, it just the volatility is just gonna increase. So you exactly if you're gonna buck the market and be, you know, go for the adrenaline rush <laughs> of flipping and all that flip. Flippers flop. I'm just telling y'all. Yeah, they and, do. And there are a lot of flippers right now. Y'all better well, watch it. Well, look, I talked about it in a meeting this morning. Yeah. You, you have to diversify your portfolio. Should you have Absolutely. real estate? I believe everybody should have real estate. I believe that is an opportunity, especially in the world that we live in today. Yep. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. Should you have some exposure to the stock market in your portfolio as well? Yep. You should. Yeah. You should. Because if 2008 happens again, uh, that's the real estate market. Yeah. The real estate market calls that. All mm-hmm. right. And if if we go to 2020 again, well, real estate was fine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, um, it, it, you have to diversify so you can take advantage of every sector of the market. Absolutely. I know this is a lightning round. I'm getting bogged down here, but it's it, this is lighting <laughs> me up because I did an analysis on a flip and uh, the, the end return was 3% after all the operating expenses were paid. Wow. Y'all, don't forget short-term capital gains. Yes. Your long-term capital gains if yes. you hold for more than a year. Yes. And if you're holding for more than a year on a flip, you must have messed up. Yeah. So the uh the three percent rule that that gets into bond territory of yes, a return. It does. Yes, it does. It? Yes, and it does. Warren Buffett has something to say about that, doesn't he? <laughs> Isn't it a Warren Buffett rule that if you can, yeah. if you can make the same return as a bond, just put it in the bond. Just put it in a bond. Put it in the bond. Put it in a bond. Moving on. <laughs> All right. What about those Gen Zers? Are they going to have to pay back those student loans? To, to say there's a thought of free money mm-hmm. and to say that something is given to you for free is a huge misstatement. Mm. So there is a way that this money will be repaid. Uh-huh. Uh, sort of like the stimulus. You know, everyone's just excited. Yeah. Stimulus. We're getting checks. We're getting checks for kids. We're yeah. getting checks for kids being at home from virtual. Oh, man, we can go... 
That's another mechanism that the government used because, remember, the U.S. economy is 70% consumer spending. Mm. So if we close businesses and we tell people to go home because there's a virus out there, we're not spending money. All right, and when we get back out, we got to get people to spend money, but they don't have jobs because we closed businesses and some businesses didn't make it. Yeah. So what do we have to do? We've got to put money in their hands so they can go spend it. Understood. Okay. So what's the end result of that? Now inflation's high because we've been spending so much money. That comes back. And then taxes come on top of that. Yeah. Taxes are inflation. That money's coming back. It may not be a bill to their house and say, hey, you owe us. Mm-hmm. But some roundabout way, that money's coming back. Is inflation a devaluation of the dollar? I do not believe it's it's a devaluation of the dollar because inflation doesn't stay the same. Inflation fluctuates. Okay. All right. There's an average rate of inflation. So you you think about inflation rate, it's it's average two and a half, three percent. Yeah, that's on a lease. We go for inflationary yeah. bumps of typically two to three mm-hmm. percent this year. Looking back at some of those leases with high inflation, you're not getting the rent increases that you, you're not Correct. doing so hot right now. So you compare that inflation of about an annual two and a half to three percent mm-hmm. to the increased value of a dollar. There lies your answer. It's like, well, no, it doesn't devalue yeah. the dollar. You know, it's now when we get to a, on a point in our where we're stimulating the economy and we're putting more dollars into circulation, well, that's anything, right? Okay. If I got a car and it's the only car like that in the world, it is valuable. Got it. But if I got, if there are millions of cars that look like the same car I got, mm-hmm. if I got a white pickup truck with no rims, just the factory rims, cloth seats, yeah. I don't even, I don't even have a radio in there. It just came straight off the factory floor. It's probably not worth very much. Yeah, because, like my first car. Yeah. yeah. All right. Actually, it wasn't straight off the fabric floor either. It was a 1980 Brown Celica that my dad treasured very oh, much. Man. Oh, it, man. But it was uh, short-lived. All right. Should grandma sell her Exxon stock? You know, everybody's got a grandma, and she's holding up that Exxon stock. Well, here's it's the, high right now. But here's the thing. If grandma, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm thinking age when I hear grandma. So if grandma has Exxon stock, that depends on what why grandma still has Exxon stock. Yeah. And more times than not, grandma has Exxon stock because she loves that dividend check mm-hmm. that's coming. Beautiful. All right? And mm-hmm. Exxon has paid the dividend since the 1800s. Mm-hmm. They haven't missed a beat. <laughs> no, not even during COVID. We thought it could yeah. happen yes, at that time, right. but they, they passed the test. That's right. That's awesome. Right. Well, that was more like a slow farmer's rain than a lightning round, but nevertheless, you passed the test. On our eighth episode featuring attorney LT Dupree. Dupree. I just, you know what? Let's not even edit that. Y'all, it's LT Dupre. It's very important that you pronounce that right. He posed a pretty substantial question. So substantial it deserves its own segment, Thomas. The people need to know, what can Zachary be? And how do we get there? Zachary can be a beacon of light. Um, It's a unique community. It's a unique community with its own zip code. That's huge. It has its own school system. That's huge. It has its own government. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And it's got a Thomas Scott. 
If you have at least one Thomas Scott, then your community can be anything. Well, you, you, you have people who want to give back to this community. Mm-hmm. And you have people sometimes that are on, you know, that wear their emotions on their sleeves. Yeah. You want that. Mm-hmm. You want that because that means they care. Mm-hmm. They care about the community. They care about the growth. They have a vision of Zachary. And they want that vision to materialize. And they want it to continue to move in the right direction. That's why. I would say Zachary's a beacon of light because you have people that actually care in this community. Yeah. So, look, what should Zachary be investing in right now? There are a lot of pulls to this town. Yeah. And I I get all the ins and outs. I get, you know, we're a small town. We're not off the interstate. You know, we're we're tucked away. Excuses. Excuses. Yeah, I get all of that. But when you look at the number of individuals in surrounding communities that come to Zachary, for commerce mm-hmm. that come to Zachary to do business, you know, it is it's it's sitting here in the middle of something special waiting to happen. And when I look at businesses, you think of, a, you know, people like to drop target. They love to drop target. and said no. <laughs> you know, they, they've said no. They, they, you yeah. know, they've come straight out and said that. But think about it. If they've said no and they don't see the value, do you want them here? And the answer is no. Yeah. You know, it's like a relationship. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with someone that really didn't want me. Yeah. I want someone to want to be in this community so I can want to share my finances with them and help them grow as I grow. Right. So what I want to see attracting to Zachary are the people that actually want to be here. How do we how do we try a little bit harder? What do we need to do? Well, you can't make someone see something that they refuse to look at. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. If I tell you, uh, Mike, I want you to put X amount of dollars in the market. Right. But you refuse to sit and understand what the market is and yeah. why you should do it. I can't continue to tell you to do that because now I'm being pushy. Yeah. yeah. So we can't continue to go after people that don't want to see the potential of this city. Yeah. yeah. How do we get people here? We got to talk to the people that are visionaries that <laughs> look beyond this one road that goes through the city. <laughs> you know, yeah. I need them to look beyond and look at Plank Road and look what Plank Road extends to go to Highway 61, see where Highway 61 extends to. Yeah. 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 And then after you drive, I can tell you now, if you take 61 and you go through St. Francisville Mm -hmm. and you get on the other side of St. Francisville and you stop about and you ask someone, hey, what do you do? Where you do most of your shopping? Well, I go to Zachary. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can tell you someone that lives almost an hour away Mm -hmm. will come to Zachary to do their shopping, it's more than just this 70791. That's right. Come on, people. Let's see it. We're going to cut it there. Thomas, you're a wealth of knowledge. We love you here. So keep coming back. I'd like to do this more often. And look, let's let's talk finance. Let's get uh, let's get this this vital information out to our community. It's it's a filter for our community. We hear so much national news. Shoot. We even see uh, citywide news that doesn't pertain to Zachary half the time. Yeah. Look, let's keep doing it. All right, that's it for this episode of Porch and Parish, the podcast with Thomas Scott, financial advisor. As Warren Buffett says, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful. Thanks for joining us, Thomas, and y'all, don't be afraid. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode here on the podcast. We facilitate candid conversations with local leaders and influencers. Your investment each week keeps us ticking and we can't say thank you enough. Go ahead, make our day. Hit that like and subscribe button on your way out and we'll see you Monday.